Welcome to our series on the book of Revelation. It's a study that's going to help us beware and be aware of the signs and the events and the spirit of the times to be ready for the last day, the day of judgment, uh, the reappearance of Jesus, but also to encourage us to be blessed, to not be afraid uh, because we belong to Jesus. Now, in the previous video, I made some summary statements about how to interpret the book. And again, we're going to have a, uh, an occasion uh, in the future to talk more about what's behind these summary statements, but I thought it would be good if I just gave you a little um, overview of how the book, the interpretation of the book, will progress. So, summary statement number one is the book of Revelation um, doesn't follow a linear story pattern or a chronological plot line. Uh, in other words, you don't begin with uh, Revelation chapters 1, 2, and 3, read about these churches, and then try and fit all of the events into a sequence, a historical sequence. Uh, I think you'll find that to be problematic in trying to figure out how all of these uh, events would fit one right after another. But rather, um, to see the book as made up of a series of visions that speak of the same end-time events in different in different ways. So a series of, of looping or um, cycling visions that will talk about the period of the church age up until the time of the reappearance of Jesus, and then another vision that will talk about it uh, in a different way, and then another vision that will talk about these same events, but again in a different way. The second summary statement is... Um, that these, this idea of the end times or this time of tribulation and the, the thousand year reign of Jesus is um, going to be the period between the clouds, between the ascension of Jesus in the cloud and the promise that Jesus will reappear uh, in a cloud. And um, so it is this age called the church age. And uh, again, we'll have time. Regrettably, you know, I have to make a summary statement without being able to go through all of uh, the supporting reasons from the scripture. But but given enough time through our video series, we will will uh, make that uh, make that uh, that journey. And uh, but I just needed to give you the summary overview as we as we continue. So if you look at a timeline again, the period between the clouds, Jesus ascends. Uh, 50th day is Pentecost. He commissions his church. This church proclaims the gospel as it does. It's being persecuted. Uh, about 95 AD, John on the island of Patmos is ex exiled because of the gospel. The churches uh, that he serves, these seven churches, are facing persecution for the faith. Um, he has given this vision from the Lord Jesus to write to write these letters to the seven churches, historic places, uh, historic uh, uh, individuals, and uh, little ecclesias, little gatherings around the gospel. And then, you know, the big question is, so what about the events of Revelation chapters 4 through 20? And we're going to progress with this interpretation that those events uh, speak of the church the church age, not something future that will uh, occur, not something that has, all of them have have happened. Uh, we talked about these different views, right, up 
preterist view or a historicist view, a futurist view, but rather this this period, this church age, is uh, the the account of the church working with the the Lord Jesus to proclaim the gospel, and in times of persecution, uh, it is left until left until that great day of the Lord, uh, and then the new heaven and the new earth. So some end times words, uh, phrases, events that you might have heard about. Words like the rapture or uh, this idea of left behind, a seven-year tribulation, a literal thousand-year reign. Um, Again, I'm going to suggest that the signs of uh, the times are occurring presently. Not something yet in the future in terms of uh, chapters 4 through 20, but the church age throughout all time, through all ages, uh, is being called to repent. Uh, It is called to proclaim the gospel, is fighting against the unholy trinity of the devil, the world, our own sinful flesh, and... um, we have the Lord Jesus among us. So 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. We're always going to try and use scripture to interpret the scripture. So the book of Revelation is not in isolation, right? It, it is a, in a larger universe, the universe of the entire scriptures. But there are portions of the gospels, portion of the epistles that speak about the book of Revelation, the events of the end times as well. So one of these is 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. And the reason I bring this, uh, this up is because this is a portion of Scripture that is usually referenced to support um, the idea of a rapture. And the word just simply means caught up. So this is the only place in the Scriptures where the word caught up, rapture, uh, occurs. And so the question is, does 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13 speak of this idea of the church being caught up and uh, those who are uh, don't believe in Christ are left behind to enter into a seven-year tribulation and then uh, Christ will reappear and set up his millennial kingdom? So, interesting context to this, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, is uh, there are those who have lost those who have uh, a loved one, who have fallen asleep. So think of a funeral, a proclamation of the resurrection of Christ. Is that the comfort at a funeral, or is the comfort uh, the rapture? That uh, individuals will, the church will be caught up and everyone else will be left behind. So think of this as you read 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. This is This is the context. Do you comfort those who have lost a loved one who has died in the faith with the promise of a rapture uh, or the promise of the resurrection? So let's work through it. First Thessalonians chapter 4. Brothers, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death. What a wonderful way to think of those who have, have died, right? Uh, it's not over, but rather they have fallen asleep in the Lord Jesus. So we don't want you to be uninformed about those who fall asleep in Christ, so that you do not grieve like the rest of men who have no hope. We believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. Very clear that those who have died in Christ are with Christ. Yes, their body goes into uh, the grave, into the ground, but they are with Christ 
And the promise is that one day they will come with Christ, with Christ. And we'll say they will come with Christ at the end of time, and then the resurrection will occur. Now, verse 15, according to the Lord's own word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord. So there's a little phrase, left until. Um, I like to replace, you know, left behind with that idea of the church is left until the coming of the Lord. So um, Paul is saying, according to the Lord's own word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not proceed those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven. Remember, cloud to cloud. Come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Very public, very noticeable, right? No secret re reappearance. This is a cloud, trumpet will sound, loud command, voice of the archangel, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Now, he continues, verse 17, After that, we who are still alive and are left will be what? Caught up. That's the word. Uh, it's often referenced. Raptured. We'll be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage each other with these words. So again, all throughout the age of the church, there are those who have died, who have fallen asleep in Christ. They are with Christ, with the promise that one day the Lord Jesus will reappear, bring those who have fallen asleep in him, with him, He will. they will reappear, a voice of the archangel, a loud command, the trumpet call, the dead in Christ will rise first, and then we will be caught up with them to be with the Lord forever, the new heaven and the new earth. And in, verse 18 says, you encourage each other with these words. Interesting. At a funeral, we encourage each other with the promise of the resurrection of the dead, and not with the sense that one day Christ will secretly reappear, will rapture his church out of this world, and individuals will be left behind to go through a seven-year tribulation. So, again, the church is left until, left until the coming of the Lord Jesus. So, not left behind. Uh, I'd like to suggest that we are left until the reappearance, the coming of the Lord Jesus to take us to himself, the resurrection of the dead, and then the new heaven and the new earth. A few more big words. Well, you'll run across uh, this idea of a thousand years, often referred to as the millennium in Revelation chapter 20. So Revelation chapter 20 says, I saw an angel coming down out of heaven, having the key of the abyss and a great chain in his hand, and he sees the dragon, the old serpent. Sounds like Genesis, right? The serpent sees the dragon, the old serpent, who is the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole inhabited earth and bound him for a thousand years and cast him into the abyss and shut it and sealed it over him that he should deceive the nations no more until the thousand years were finished after this, he must be freed for a short time. So very clear, it speaks of a thousand years. So the question is, is this a literal thousand years or is this interpreted um, in a symbolic way as 
the complete time, the full time, the whole time, the the time when God has uh, completed his purpose, his gospel purpose for the kingdom. We continue verse uh, verses four and five. I saw thrones and they sat on them and, jud- and judgment was given to them. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for the testimony of Jesus and for the word of God. So go back to First Thessalonians chapter four. Where are those who have died with Christ or have died in Christ? Their souls are with Christ, right? Their body has been put into the ground. It is decaying. And one day they will come with Jesus and they will have the resurrection of the body. But now they are the souls with, with Christ. So the revelation says, I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for the testimony of Jesus and for the word of God, and such as didn't worship the beast nor his image and didn't receive the mark on their forehead and on their hand, and they lived and reigned with Christ for how long? A thousand years. Again, is it a literal thousand years or is it something symbolizing the full reign, the complete time of the church age, the kingdom of God, where Christ himself is um, working with his church to proclaim the, the gospel? So what about this literal thousand year reign? Well, some big words, right? So maybe in your study, you've heard these different, uh, different words. Post-millennial pre-millennial, pre-millennial dispensationalism, or amillennial. And the root word of all of those is millennium, right? Thousand years. And you can kind of figure out the interpretation or the view by the the word that comes before it. So a post-millennial view will, will say that Christ will reappear after a literal thousand year reign on earth. In other words, the church will reign for a thousand years a golden age, a golden period, and then Christ will reappear. Premillennial will suggest that Christ will reappear to establish a thousand-year reign. The premillennial dispensational view is uh, probably what is heard most often and in the Left Behind series, and this idea of a rapture occurring, the church will be raptured out of uh, this world. Those who are left behind will have to go through a seven-year tribulation And at the end of that period, then Christ will reappear to establish a literal 1,000-year reign. And then the amillennial view uh, doesn't mean there is no 1,000 years. It just means that the 1,000 years is interpreted not as a literal 1,000-year period, but rather the full or the complete or the whole period, the church age where uh, the Lord Jesus is accomplishing the purpose of the gospel going forward. And one day, when that purpose has been completed, he, Christ will reappear and uh, the judgment will occur. Uh, the resurrection of the body will occur. And then there will be the new heaven and the new earth. So, promised Messiah has come. Jesus promised that he will come or reappear. He does come to his church during this period, especially when it's being persecuted, giving his gifts. He comes, he sees, he conquers. In every age of the church, there will be these end time signs. Think of shadows and reality, right? So every plague, every war should remind us that uh, the great day of the Lord is coming and that we are to repent ourselves, but also to call others to repent. That there are events in the book of Revelation that have happened, that there are events that are are happening, 
and that there are events that will continue to happen, and that we are one day, we are one day closer each day to the last day of the Lord. So again, the the view not left behind, but rather the church is left until the reappearance of Jesus. And Jesus has not forsaken his church. He is with his church. He is for his church. He works in and through his church proclaiming the gospel. So these big questions, where are we in history? How close are we to Revelation you know, chapter 4? Are we right in the middle of it, right? These events, chapters 4 through 20, are there, are there events that are, you know, these Revelation chapter 4 verse 20 events are yet to happen? Uh, when do they happen? When will the end happen? Where and where? what is the hope? And in our study of the book of Revelation, we're going to talk through those questions. Is always meant, it's always meant this little framework to uh, bless us, right? So the book of Revelation is a series that's going to help us beware, uh, be aware of the events and the signs and the spirit of the times to be ready for the last day, the promised reappearance of Jesus, uh, the judgment day, um, the resurrection of the dead, uh, but also to be blessed while we wait. To not be afraid. And always, and we'll hold on to this as our hope. We have been purchased. We have been won by the blood of the Lamb. Right? Revelation will keep referring to that work of the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And uh, again, we hold on to this, that we belong to Jesus.